1: Live from Las Vegas, it's What Chaos at the Super Bowl. The only hockey show at the Super Bowl.
0: Hey, everybody. Hope you're ready for some final grab-ass at Mandalay Bay, Las Vegas, the Super Bowl. It's What Chaos. We are wrapping up the week after a lot of hockey coverage, all that stuff. Pete Blackburn, no nickname. Sean DePaz, no nickname. Hi, boys.
3: Hello. It's been a long hey, trip. You? It has been a long trip. And uh, last night was the first night that we went out. I yes. Know, did
0: you go out last uh, night? Don't fucking do that. You what? know that I went out. I, I really just didn't don't. just did go out with you guys. No, I really,
3: so I mean, I don't.
0: <laughs> I just to- I told you what I did before we went on. You told
3: me that you talked to one person. <laughs>
0: What, would, why do, you, do, do you think that I said, hey, why don't you come up to my room and let's talk?
3: <laughs> I don't know. It could have been in the hotel. And I
0: texted you during saying, I'm here doing this because you remember. asked what I was doing. I don't what remember. What a fucking bitch move you're doing right now. I didn't You're remember. acting like, oh, I went out. I hope you were able to go out. Look, That's online, not what I'm doing. sure, people are asking you to do that. <laughs> IRL, I'm, I'm the one doing the going out, Okay.
3: Okay, fair enough. DJ went out, everybody. Yes, uh, I fucking
0: did. I didn't drink or anything okay. or have fun, but I went out.
3: <laughs> okay, good for you. Uh, bitch move to start the show. How do you? I, oh, my God. Somebody's sensitive today. Uh, me and Sean, uh, I, I just want to tell you this story from last night. Yes. It's, it's the funniest story that I Because you can... told me you
0: went out, and I, heard, I knew that you did because you told me that. <laughs>
3: yes. <laughs> uh, so last night, me and Sean went out to dinner with the L City people, and uh, and at one point at dinner... I went to the bathroom and there was two urinals. There was a big urinal and there was a small urinal. And I'm a big boy, I use the big urinal. So (laughs) I I use the big urinal and uh, doing my thing, a guy comes in next to me, uses a small urinal. I go to the, the sink to wash my hands. I'm washing my hands, I look over. It's Frank Thomas. I forced Frank Thomas to use the little boy urinal at the restaurant that we were at. And now he is officially dubbed the Little Hurt.
0: No wonder you came in here acting like a hot shot. That is, you—that <laughs> is a flex that I didn't know was, like anybody could do. And I'm not even going to make it like a size thing. If Sean did that to Frank Thomas, he would be like, okay, "No, fuck, but don't do that to Frank Thomas." It's
3: way funnier that I, like, all five foot six of me was
0: using the big boy urinal, and Frank Thomas had to use the junior urinal. That is, cra- I mean, also, I didn't know, no offense, I didn't know that y- you go for the big one. I mean, I feel like I, I don't
3: know, like, it, so we've, we've been tossing around this idea that we want to do uh, a thing called small talk oh, yeah. with, with, uh, with undersized hockey short players. Short players, yeah. Yeah, like short kings, and one of the questions that I want to ask the short players is if you are, if you go into the bathroom and you have the option, do you feel bad at all to use the big urinal? And uh, last last night was the first time in the history of my life that I have ever come to regret that decision. Although I don't regret it because it's an incredible story.
0: I mean, I will. I'll use the little one if I have to.
3: Right, yeah. I mean, it's not really like a pain in the ass. Mm.
0: We've got a uh, special guest uh, joining us in just a few minutes. But uh, we should mention that... Hockey was not kind last night. Mikhail Sergachev returned from a 17-game injury absence, and in the second period, went for a hit on Alexi Lafreniere. And oh my word! Don't look at his lower body because that thing is toast. Uh, yeah. Devastating. His left knee leg bent in a horrible way. He was stretched off the ice. He was crying. John Cooper looked like he was going to be visibly sick. It uh, no 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 good for your Tampa Bay Lightning.
3: Yeah, that one was. Uh, it was tough to watch. Uh, it was one of those situations where. Like, a, I don't know, a Paul George, whatever you want to say. Like, one of those kinds of injuries where you see it happen, and, like, I had, like, visible disgust upon watching that. And John Cooper left the bench area. It seemed like he, his stomach was kind of turning. And uh, you could tell Alexi Lafreniere, who threw, like, a reverse hit on the play, which is kind of how it happened, and the leg folded underneath him. You could tell that Lafreniere felt, like, Devastated. very bad. Very yeah. bad that, that that happened. And so... Uh, Yeah, just a really, really tough situation and then made worse by the fact that uh, after the game, uh, our Sergachev went to Instagram and posted like the most heart-wrenching Instagram you've ever seen. Said, oh man, why me, why now? After all the games missed, coming back and getting injured again. Feels unfair, feels terrible. Trying to stay calm and positive, but it's impossible. After doing everything, I get this. The universe is unpredictable, I guess, and has its own plans, but fuck the universe, man. I know I'll come back stronger and I know I'll play better than before, but it's tough right now and it's gonna be tough tomorrow. We all fight our own battles, this is mine. I'll win, always do. Pain meds are good, though. If I was in the forest by myself, I'd be dead crazy in it. Want Wanted to write how I feel here, don't know why, but just wanted to let people that care about me know. Appreciate all of your messages, thanks to the medical staff. What a wild journey that Instagram caption is.
0: I mean, I suppose I just initially misunderstood the part about if I was in the jungle right now, I'd be dead. I thought that he was just like listing things off of, like, here's the way that... In another scenario, I could die, but... Seems like a nice little thanks to the doctors. Seems
3: like a real stream of consciousness there, kind of. Uh,
0: Tweeting through it. Yeah, tweeting tweeting through it. And 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 also, like,
3: maybe on the meds there. Beating, like, these meds rock Mm. while you're doing, like, a stream of consciousness Instagram post. uh, Wild time. But if I had a nickel for for
0: every time while as a beat writer, a player came up to me after and was like, hey, can you not actually include that part that I said because I was talking about how good the drugs are? Uh, I would have like 45 cents. Okay, the big game is coming Sunday, in fact, and prize picks is the easiest and most exciting way to turn every game-changing moment into 100x your money. With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. We could start to get our guest ready. I'm not talking about a hyper-pop musical duo when I say... You can 100X. It's a great app, and if you go to the Promos tab, Sean, you could begin to send our pal over here. Uh, You can find community plays and see entries from some of the biggest names in Packs community each week, and you'll see some big names on there. I'm talking about Meek Mill, Andrew Schultz. PrizePix is what I and so many others will be using Sunday, so go to prizepickscom slash whatchaos and use code whatchaos for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepickscom slash whatchaos, and use code... What chaos! Daily fantasy sports made easy. Sean, you can hit that intro for our guest.
2: Have you watched the Pasternak shootout? Attempt? I have, yes. I'd suspend him for that. That was suspended. <laughs> Come on, suspended.
1: I think the shootouts an insult to sports. So, oh, I, the shootouts are great. I hate the shootout. How do we settle them? Just keep playing. Well, no, uh, he said he so, don't want to do that. Uh, you, uh, you know, DJ Bean and Pete Blackburn, right? Yeah, they so had uh, Zach Warenski on their show after they were done got... grab
2: assing about you know stupid yeah.
1: crap. Do they ever get down to talking hockey? Warenski said he's a defenseman for the Blue Jackets. You just keep taking guys off. Ultimately, get to like one on one. He said he didn't know if that would act. But
2: yeah, no, yeah, mini one on one. I've like, heard this. One before. on one would be so I much like fun. That. Yeah, mini one on one.
1: Posternock Poster knock versus McKinnon just skating around out last night. That'd be that'd be fun.
2: No, no, I, yo, I would after the shootout attempt. I would love to see more posture yeah, knock out there. Not giving a crap.
0: <laughs> All right, that is the voice of Mike Felger. On the Felger and Maz program on 98.5 The Sports Hub and NBC Sports Boston. He is a big fan of this show, of myself and Pete. We are longtime friends and colleagues. And Mike Felger joins us now from Radio Row. Hi, Mike. What's up, fellas? How, How are you? Good. How are we doing? You don't like the grab ass. No. Let's kick off. Let's, let's just begin with a little here, grab here, ass. Here, that.
2: let me ask something. First of all, are we, are yeah. we live or is this Taylor? I, I yeah, it's
0: live. It's on YouTube. It's the only place people consume things now. It's on you, so it's live on YouTube. Sure is. It's sure. like what that guy does over the uh,
3: McAfee. Now he's rich. How do you feel about the Pac-Mat- Pat McAfee show?
0: Uh, oh, you got to hate him.
2: I'm not a big con- connoisseur. I'm not. I don't. <laughs> I don't hate it. I've you know respect. I mean, whatever. He's a punter. Now he's a media guy, and he's bank. You know, he's parlayed in and I have a huge job. So I got a lot of respect for it.
0: So your story is. You went to BU, and uh, you've told the story of they went around the room and said, what do you want to do? What do you want to get out of this education, blah, blah. That's right. And everybody gave these, I want to write a book. And you said, I don't know, something well, in sports. No,
2: something. I, I went to BU to be a sports writer. So they got, f- you want my life story? No, I say in, that in, to say that all you seconds. want to do
0: is something with sports. Right. Not grab ass. That's right. That's not right. dick
2: around. Right. I think uh, a lot of you guys would want to be Ryan Seacrest. You, you, you want to be uh, Dick Clark. You want to be like uh, Jay Leno.
0: You know if, who I want to be? You, it's like the only name you didn't na- name there. D- you know Dick Cavett? Sure. All I want to
2: be is Dick Cavett. Exactly. Just right. fucking around. Right. What's wrong yeah, with that? All these sports guys think they're, uh, you know, there's a sort of, uh, what do I trying to say, like some sort of crossover uh, entertainment. Uh, like, mm. No, you just sit down and talk about the game. Whatever, do that thing and go home.
0: What if there's something cooler than the game? Some things are bigger than the game, Mike.
2: Then, uh, then go do, then take all your comedic talents and go do a variety show. Why do you come here? You must hate this place. No, <laughs> this has to I be your worst like week. <laughs> yeah. I actually like it. I actually like it because we never do guests. We, in the regular Felgen Maz show, we almost never have guests on. So uh, this sort of forces us to talk to other people. And I like that. It's a change of scenery. You know, We're in the studio 200 days a year, face to face like this in a little studio. And so for a week to get out and just look at something different, talk to someone different, is a good changeup for the show, I actually like it. I mean, but, get, but, you, but there's no grab ass. It's like I don't have a guest on, and like, you know, sit around and make jokes, and sit around and like chit chat. Oh, chit chatting rocks, oh, dude, it's so it really does. I, how do you, man, it's like, so you, get, you get mad dog. Chit
0: chat. You get, you get mad dog every year, you get yeah. that guy's fine ass walks in and. But, there,
2: but there's no chit chat. Oh yeah, he does. Not and really, go, boy. Got to be with you, like the whole thing. Oh, well, a little bit. So he does it, I guess, a little bit. He definitely does.
0: Do you like his uh, show with Stephen A. Smith?
2: Sure, uh, I I like that better than say McAfee.
0: They spend the first eight minutes of that show. It's true, Stephen talking it's about true. what he's wearing. Yeah,
2: about what he's wearing. Exactly. I look
0: good, don't I? And so, then Molly says, "Yeah, sure, let's start the show." And he says, "Yeah, but but let's take a moment for the outfit. If, I like that."
2: If he right, you do. Mm. I, I think if if I were advising him, and I don't think he needs it. <laughs> I'd say cut out what when we used to be sports writers, the editor would say that's clearing your throat. lot guys come on the air and they spend like two minutes clearing their throat about what they're wearing, what they did last, chit-chat. What if you just eliminated that and got right to what you were going to just go right to it? I mean, I would, that's, I that's the
3: appeal of Stephen A. Smith, though. Like the Stephen A. Smith show, him talking about how much he loves Latino women, like that is my oh yeah. Do, uh, you, know, my alley. do you know this? <laughs> he has
0: like a side gig,
3: kind where of.
2: Where he's he goes in a studio. I that, only know because Fred uh, in the morning. Right, plays
0: <laughs> it. I'm sure they play that all the time. It looks like it's an ESPN studio. It's kind of like an ambush marketing type of thing. Like <laughs> really you think is. that it's it's an ESPN thing because then when he posts the clips after, it's people tweeting at him, being like. What do you think of like? What's your starting five of Sesame Street? And he's breaking down what position he would have Cookie Monster play. That's the type of thing I think you could do really, really well. <laughs> Horrible.
2: No, I couldn't. Uh, I have no desire.
0: You, uh, you went to the Golden Knights game the other night. We yep. were at that. You got to fucking see a Connor McDavid and Leon Drysidel two on o. So is that I've, something you love or is I, that something you hate? I came in late. No oh my way. God! So,
2: so I missed the goal. I was there for just the third period because I was doing TV here. So I, so I just, w- I was only there for the third period. I missed the pregame, which everyone talks about. Uh, I miss a lot of the game presentation stuff that I know you know everyone wants to talk about that I don't give two fucks so about. I wanted
0: to get your read on that because we, this is extremely grab-assy. You know what we did during the day? What? First, we started that day by uh, meeting with Gene Principe, who we'll talk about in a little bit. He is the anti felger He is the host of all the Oilers' intermission stuff. Mm -hmm. That is peak grab-ass. No matter how well the Oilers are doing, if it's somebody's birthday... They open the intermission show with, it's somebody's birthday, let's give them a cake. And they don't talk about the game for a fucking second, and Mike, that makes it the best show in the world. Because from period one to the end of period one, you get McDavid, Drysaddle, Hyman, Skinner, all these guys, and then you get grab ass in the middle. Anyway, we finished that interview.
2: I could talk about this for a while. You you understand, if it's too much grab ass, the, the, the thing that is actually bringing people to the TV is the sports. Okay? It's barstool sports. It's this hockey show. It's the intermission of the hockey game. If you go too far away from the game, you're, we, we, we're all going to lose the, the the connection is the game. The connection so it's it, the excuse. The connection is the... not you and your humor. It's not as, ta- as talented as you think you are. You're not. Hockey is p- the excuse. I'm talented. P- I might p- p- not be cool. People are there for the game. And if, and if we get too far from the game... We're going to lose the string, and that that's what I am concerned about,
0: it 's like they're not there for you. do you not trust though that some people that the guys who are doing the grab ass and everything
2: like the game, and that like we were talking, I think they like more trying to be an entertainer than they like the game but when that's i defend I when
0: I defend you, which I do, you'll they, never believe this, but whenever people that. do the hey what's is he an asshole blah it's like you're my favorite person in media <laughs> other than maybe Stephen A Smith because for as unwilling to do any of the other stuff like, the reason people like like you is because you're entertaining correct okay. and you're i also think that like
3: you are the best person in Boston media you are the best at your job thank you it's but nice there for you is you say that but there is also like room for more than what you do mm. you think that
2: there's only room for what you do i'm afraid of going of losing the string of letting go of the rope the rope is the sports and if you get too far away from it if it was good, the, I don't know. If it's, I, it's entertaining,
3: people don't give a shit.
2: Okay, but I like to think it's entertaining because we actually watch the games, we consume the post-game press conferences, we read the game story, you know, we consume all of that, and then come in and react to it. And we stick to that, and I think because we put in the work, we're focused on it, hopefully it's an entertaining product. But that's because of the focus we put on the thing. I can tell when guys... Uh, haven't watched the game oh yeah it's obvious haven't watched you know it's not that hard watch the game listen to some of the post-game press conferences read a little bit of what was written about it and find something that pisses you off about it and then come in and react to it but the number of guys that just don't do that it doesn't it's not that hard it doesn't take that much and i think that's the core of what uh of what the, the whole sports media is and there's too many guys that want to come in and be fucking Jimmy Fallon and just be like s- some sort of grand entertainer. And <clears throat> the people are there in the first place for the game. So don't lose that string. Don't lose that. Don't let go of that rope. Remember, remember. D- 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 uh, there's remember my like uh, my rant.
0: Remember Danielle Trotta? Uh, sure. Yeah, Danielle, yeah, 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 She uh, a lovely person. We, we, we weren't the best coworkers. We were different. She wanted to do the sports, the sports, the sports. Yeah, just plan the show. That's what we do. If there's breaking news, Fuck the breaking news. We're doing the show that we're planning. Oh, I like to go in there and I like to say, "Hey, that there's a fuck." Antonio Brown did a stupid thing. We got to talk about that sort of thing. And one day, I think complimentary. She was like, "I think that you're like more of a, you're more like the Jimmy Fallon style than whatever." And I was like, "Use any other fucking name." Everyone's that's so insulting.
2: Everyone wants to be Jimmy Fallon.
0: Oh, definitely. I don't know if Jimmy Fallon wants to be Jimmy Fallon anymore, man.
2: No, I I mean, but I mean, you know what I mean? You you fancy yourself like talk show hosts, like entertainment talk show hosts versus r- b- sports. But, yeah. So I so I understand there's more room that we could do more of it, but I would way rather err on the other side of it.
0: I, I actually don't want you to do more of it because I think that you do grab ass in your own way. You do Maz's tears. Maz, yeah, well, there's uh, a little y- bit, right. Y- so, uh, I like his co-host uh, was was putting teams in tears a bunch, and his other co-host Jim started singing "No More Tears" by Ozzy Osbourne. So now they have a sponsored segment where Maz just has to rank things every week, and they sing Ozzy Osbourne. That's it. It's still sportsy, That's but it. it's quite grabby. It's
3: but I also I ish. like that you use the barstool sports example because like the reason that barstool is, is like a monster is not because of the sports. Mm. It's because of the if personalities. and okay. I'm just kidding. No. Well, yeah, it's because no, of the personalities and because of the drama that they have and in I, there.
2: I'm here to tell you, then why is it Barstool Sports? What,
3: because you, it's... Why did it's, throw the sports on there? I mean, it started with the sports, but it became more.
2: Yeah, so, why is
0: the fucking Ben Folds
3: okay, 5 so, a trio? Okay, you so, know?
2: So, I'm usually, so, so everyone wants to be Dave Portnoy. There's only one Dave Portnoy. You know, it's like, I can't be Dave Portnoy... Not, I don't have that talent. I don't have that voice. I don't have that thing. So I'm just gonna stick with what happened last night and do that thing, and then go home.
0: Uh, have you asked at all? You probably haven't because you, you, you're busy. D- do you wonder why we're here? This is a hockey show. You're for at- this? Grab ass. Yes. Grab ass Christmas. Yes. Grab ass Super Bowl. Uh, I am assuming you don't. You did not see the video that we made Monday at media night.
2: Uh, do you? With the thing you sent me? Yeah. Yeah. So that's another thing. Like, now that's all. The, there's like a TikTok video, right, with those edits? Oh yeah. Like, that's how everything is now done? Yeah. Like, that's what we're doing? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's so bad. So
0: bad. Did you not, did, A, I'm surprised you watched it. Well, B, no, I,
2: enough just to see what it was. You didn't watch the whole thing? No, I did not watch the whole thing.
0: Brother, we fucking cooked.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that was so good. And you, that man, you really are wired different. I just, I'm not here to watch you do some variety, some sort of sing and dance. I'm like, But I, we're I, song and dance men. I'm not, I'm not a song and dance man. If I'm oh, what a, do you do for fun? If like, I wanted to like, what does your your look dance, like? I, go, I went to the U2 thing last night. Okay, how was that? That was pretty cool. Yeah? Yeah, yeah it was pretty cool. They, uh, I mean, like, like anything, <laughs> I could complain about it. There's plenty of things to complain about, but overall, it was really cool.
0: What are your complaints? Are they uh, okay, n- not com- doing them right? My Jim Murray com-
2: voice? My complaints are like the uh, sort of like it's the same conversation. It's like, dude, your job is to get up there with your electric guitars and all the bells and whistles and belt out loud rock. That's it, that's your job. My job is to show up and belt out sports takes for four hours. So I try, that's what I try and do. I don't waste people's time with grab ass or interludes or any of this, that's your job. So your job there, fellas, is to show up and pick up those electric instruments, play them at high volume, with all those amazing bells and whistles that you have in that building. Instead, there's an interlude with an acoustic set, and there's some story time, and there's joke time, and he's singing little like Elvis ditties in between songs. It's like, not, you know, I, I know you're probably, here's the thing, here's why there's so much grab ass. Because people can't focus on the job and just do it. Because they, they get bored, they get, it's hard to do it four hours, it's hard to do the same songs every night, it's hard to do that. So, how do you get a break mentally? You fuck around, you grab ass, you know. So it's like, that's what that there was a little too much of that. I don't want to hear the story time. I don't want the acoustic set without. What happened? To all the lights. It was like there was an interlude there for like I don't know maybe six songs. It felt like too long. I know it's like four to six songs, where there were the, the, the there's no more light show.
3: Are you Edge, a Grateful Dead guy?
2: Ed just playing an acoustic guitar. I'm like what what. What just and he's telling stories. What, what just happened to my rock? We were just having a I, good show, and now we're now we're now. What are we doing?
0: If are there's you? one man who was never meant to touch an acoustic guitar, it's the Edge because he has that iconic sound with exactly. the
2: delay on the guitar right. and yes. everything.
0: So, I hear you there. Are you a Grateful Dead guy? I am.
3: Fuck time. yeah. So how do you feel about like this uh, space drums? He, that oh. shit!
2: So that's when you go get a beer. That's when you know, in the old days when you would do a little more drugs. Uh, you just sit it out, patient. Just be patient. Oh, I mean, I think it's horrible. Like I have no <laughs> like it's it is what it is.
0: That is like the ultimate music grab
2: ass. I was ass. gonna say,
0: well, I, I just no one is more of a grab-ass band than oh, the dead. That. I can't I really do that.
2: fish. That
0: feels for some reason a little musically grab ass. No, no, 30, I mean no,
2: no, no, no. Gra- grab ass to me, here's grab ass. It's not playing music. It's not playing music. Mm, yeah. Or it's fiddling around with an acoustic guitar or telling some sort of story, or this is this is what I hate is when the lead singer jumps off the stage and high fives people <laughs> in the front row. Like, I, now you're not even singing. Now you're just sort of grab-assing with the fans and shaking hands, and I don't care to see you shake hands. I want up there with your electric guitar singing the song. The dead never say a word. They don't speak into the mic. Yeah. They don't jump off the stage. They don't you know, run around the stage like, you sing of course. No, fuck off. Your job is to sing the song and then we all go home. And if, if
0: anyone can, could, can you do it? I say this with all of love in my heart. If anyone would get a pass for doing that, it's Bobby. Where Bobby? Yeah, yeah he's yeah, a sure, thousand right. years old. Okay. He grunts out the songs. But I love. Maybe it's just like um, uh, I got Stockholm syndrome or something. Like I like the grunty versions. I like. He- I saw Chris Christopherson a few years ago in Nashville. Same sort of thing. Done. Toast. Old. But hearing him
2: just. Well, uh, I mean, uh, if you really want to go, to- Weir should. Weir sings way too many Garcia songs, and he butchers them, I fucking hate it. <laughs> it it's my biggest beef. It's like, Mayer should sing the Jerry songs, or uh, Otiel the uh, mm-hmm. the bass player, he should, he's he got a beautiful falsetto voice, he should sing the Jerry songs. But Weir has this sort of like lounge singer approach, which is fine on his songs. Bobby, you sing your songs, and the Jerry songs should be Mayer or any But Weir insists on singing these Jerry songs, and he just, Butchers them. I hate it. How was the sphere? So I think it was pretty cool. Yeah. Like, I see it. I get it. And they, like, I, 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 so my complaint is that they didn't give me both barrels all night. It's like, there's sometimes, when they go with like the full effects, it's like, Jesus. Like, you, yeah, it looks like the stage is moving. Up. I mean, no it's, anxiety, right? Doesn't freak you out? Uh, I got a, I got a little vertigo. Uh, <laughs> yeah. At one, during, there, there was one song where they do this effect where it looks like the stage is rising, but it's really just the, yeah, you know, I don't know how they do it, but it is like sort of. I kind of divert your eyes for one of them. Uh, and when they go full fucking effects, it's like it's unbelievable. It was like there was a whole part of the show where they turned them off. I'm like, what happened?
0: So, I want to get your thoughts. What on, just happened to the show? Uh, well, our show topic yesterday? Yes, I yeah. want to get your thoughts.
3: Did you hear the story that James Dolan won't let the Rangers trade their first round pick uh, for this summer because he owns the Sphere? he owns the rangers right he wants the rangers to have their first round pick at the draft
2: and the draft so is they here? can be part of it's the, at the sphere yeah
3: so he <laughs> so they were in on elias lindholm and the that's the, the awesome. report was that like they they essentially lost out on the trade oh. and on lindholm because james dolan wouldn't allow them to trade the first round pick
0: that's amazing and let me ask you so my take on this was unless it's the first overall pick no one's going to fucking see it. It's the NHL draft. Right. You couldn't tell me. I'm sure you saw Connor Bedard put on the jersey and everything. I didn't watch that you, shit. So even if it's like, and even if you had, you probably don't know who Leo Carlson is yet or Adam Fantilli and the guys who went after that. Is it, because d- doesn't
2: BU supposed to have the... Maclin Celebrini, Celebrini yeah. Is he that good? He's very Supposedly, good. Supposedly. And yes. I, I watched I, a little bit. I'm like, where's this number one overall pick supposed to be? I didn't notice him.
0: Uh, I want, we've... We're trying to get
2: him to uh San Jose with Greer I'm and Quinny, we'll be you party. This is why it sucks to suck. That's gonna be that's gonna be the franchise save. I mean again, I haven't watched it enough, so I'm speaking out of my ass. I watched one period.
3: He has some quiet games, but he's a very, very How good big player. Is he? He's not very big. So I mean neither is Connor Bedard, and Connor Bedard is electric and he's going to be the face of the NHL for a long time.
0: Okay. You, uh, you used Sean's a big Sabres guy and Bills guy and everything. And uh, you said you used the, the Buffalo Sabres as an example for why the Patriots why no shouldn't one should, lose games. Why
2: no one should ever tank. Because but then you become. The Buffalo it's not really
0: tanking
3: if Sabres. you're
2: just
0: like. Right.
2: Yeah. It's no, try your hardest, but, you're going to lose anyway. No, but, but you kind of suck. You just have to it. suck
3: at the right time.
2: But there's, it's, this is uh, to use that same analogy. If you let go of the rope, if it becomes okay to lose. You forget how to win. I've seen it. Like I, I I think the Sabers, the Sabers, no matter what they do, they just they institutionally in their DNA don't know how to win. It's been too long. And I've seen teams doing it. Like I feel and I love it. I feel like Montreal's getting to this place where it's they sucked a little bit. They wanted to draft high, so it was okay to lose. Okay, we'll just tank this season, get a high pick. They got some high picks, and now it's like they're in this decade stretch where. They've kind of lost their ju- They've lost their DNA of what they are as an organization because it was okay to lose, and they wanted high picks, and I just never would never want to be that.
3: Well, sort of on that note, too, it's like you need to be good for an extended period of time to win a championship, especially in the NHL. We talk about plenty of times where this is true, a team needs to get their asses kicked at least one yeah. time in the playoffs it's true. to hey, learn how to win.
2: Name the team that just popped. Right, exactly. Like, did that Blackhawks team... When, you know, when they first won, did they... I feel like they were conference finalists and then they won.
0: Mm. When Taves was... Like, Taves was a kid and everything. They were just like a young team that kind of broke through. But all the teams that have died of embarrassment recently... This is my favorite stat and why you should be happy for your Bruins. The 2010 Bruins died of embarrassment. They blow the 3-0 lead. The 2019 Lightning die of embarrassment. They get swept in the first round... Uh, they win the next two Stanley Cups. Right. The 2010 Bruins that came back the next year added a couple of guys, won the Stanley Cup. The, Avalanche
2: p- perpetually got their ass kicked. Right. The
0: Recently, there was that— Vegas uh,
3: missed the playoffs. Right. right.
0: You remember that, uh, that that Washington team that finally was going to break through, and they loaded up, and they got Kevin Shattenkirk, and they traded for fucking everybody. They were going to be a wagon. They lost in, like, the fucking second round. Next year, they'd lost all those players, won the Cup. So— That's why I'm not buying in on,
3: like, the Vancouver Canucks this year. Like, I I think that, like, the Winnipeg Jets, those teams need to get their asses kicked at least for one run, and then they come back the next year and be better for it. So
2: you think the Bruins have a chance at a real run? Absolutely. They do? Yeah. I think think their D is... Stur- sturdy enough?
3: No, but look at the Eastern enough. Conference. The Eastern Conference, it's not good. Like, okay, the Eastern Conference, there is no powerhouse. I don't the look Eastern. at it that way, though. I mean, why?
2: Because all the team has to do is play hard, turn up their four check, and you're, the Bruins defenseman shits themselves.
3: Why can't
0: that be the Bruins, though?
2: I don't know. It's because it never is. I think
0: they need one more guy. I think, uh, how do you feel about the Poitra thing? Bummed?
2: Uh, yes, of course. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I don't know. If, if they need a guy, they need it uh, in back. They need a defenseman. I, th-
0: I think at this point, if you can get, like, Adam Henrique, who's now mm-hmm. going to go for a shitload, he's 100 years old, but the two best centers are already gone. The only, like, good... I, you know, I,
2: I know I sound stupid. I'm not worried about... It. I'm, I'm fine with what they have at center. Even with Patrick gone? Yep. Yep.
0: yep. So it's going to come down to his... Coyle and and
2: find... I, I, I think it's all about that decor. Uh, playing with poise. It's Not necessarily you know physical and that thing playing with poise with the puck they shit themselves it's a common theme so like these teams that aren't powerhouses like the Carolina team or the Florida team they have this really heavy four check right they play this really intense style and the I, I think the Bruins defensemen, from McAvoy on down don't know how to don't know how to you know settle down against that pressure the, thats their biggest you issue. soured on McAvoy a little bit yeah huh? well as he made that he's supposed to be a Norris guy is he I think that he was
0: supposed to be Doughty-esque, and I think that Doughty maybe came down to kind of meet his level, and they ended up being sort of in the same conversation, but not necessarily for the best reasons.
2: But Drew Doughty at his peak was Mm. elite. Elite puck mover, elite skill, elite, you know, McAvoy... I think McAvoy borders
0: on... And Doughty's come
2: down. Yeah. uh, Absolutely, but... He had a He had, a what, a five-year stretch where, you know, he controlled the game back there. I think— And, and McAvoy's never made that move.
3: McAvoy just doesn't have, like, the offensive upside that's going to get him in the Norris discussion. I think that he's a very, very good defensive defenseman, yeah. and he's just not going to have the production that puts him in the Norris discussion. It's not necessarily, like, a terrible thing. He's just not that guy. I don't think he's ever going to win a Norris, but—
2: yeah, I don't care about the goals, and he doesn't shoot enough. Like, I don't care about that. It's the— Controlling the puck from in back, I and mean, when you just see it, like guys that retrieve the puck and carry it to the red line and set up the play and calm it down and make that one entry pass or the one exit pass out of this like, you know, like, uh, you know, the guys that uh, Doughty was brilliant at it. Like, um, who am I thinking? Brett Burns. You know, when he mm. was at his best, could do that. Control the game. Headman, like those guys, control the game from in back. Duncan Keith. Duncan Keith, I loved. Yeah. You know, McCar is a whole nother level where he, you know, <laughs> is just uh, a threat but just get me to the red line. You know, and, I, and McAvoy doesn't do that like I want him to do it.
3: Who's the one guy in the league outside of like McDavid that commands your attention God, and I, you like to watch? So
2: I just, I'm so bad. I wish I knew the league better than I did. And I, so at the game, what I noticed the other night, uh, I think McDavid's developed some bad habits. So I was just there for the third. Oh. It, 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 it was a two to one game. You know, it was a one, one game going into the third. They had that big streak going. I happened to be sitting in the box with um, Vegas personnel, like the front office personnel. And so the team president was, you know, in the front row, like, intense on this game. So Vegas wanted it. It was that big streak with Edmonton. And I thought McDavid just kind of floats. He doesn't stick his nose in there. I feel like he waits too often for the play to come to him. He's just on the outside of the action waiting for the puck to come to him. And I'm like, are going to stick your nose in there a little I th- bit? I, th-
0: I know what sh- shift specifically you're talking about. Because midway through the period, I was waiting for it. I was like, I can't fucking wait. If, if this game stays close, he's going to move away from splitting up dry saddle and McDavid. And he's going to do the dry saddle McDavid, uh, Zach Hyman thing. And it's going to be electric. In the first or second shift that they were together, he was kind of acting like there was three Connor McDavid's on the ice. Yeah. And just deferring. And when he is at his best, he is hockey Kyrie Irving no, no. which is you want to
2: talk about someone on the when he gets the puck and you know uh, neutral ice and goes on a rush everyone is like I am so mad you missed back. I yeah. am so
0: mad you missed that goal because he picks off did you see the goal no I haven't even seen it so he picks off the puck high in the defensive zone and everybody slowly me, Pete and Sharnison together ev- the, the whole place just slowly getting up and it turns into a 2 on 0 McDavid and Dreisaitl and You're waiting for Aiden Hill to be, like, blown through the end boards or something. (laughs) And it's incredible. Everybody knows that he's going to score. Everybody knows it's going to go, okay, McDavid, dry saddle back to McDavid. There's nothing you can do. And he does it. He's he's phenomenal. But everybody, if you like hockey, if you don't like hockey, uh, Michael Hawley the other day compared him to the country artist you like when you don't like country. (laughs) Okay. Where you're like, hey, I'm not the biggest fan of this thing, but that fucking guy, that Stapleton guy, I don't know what he's
2: doing. He's doing something else. I got it. No, he's he pops. So who else across the league? Uh, so Makar. I mean, it's a good answer. I mean, that's that's a game changer, right? I mean, he's he plays a position differently, or is, you notice him on the ice. It's hard to do at that position. You notice him, the, th- I- the threat of him, and I think that whole team. Is the fastest team they have to be the fastest team in the league
3: so one of his teammates uh, Nathan McKinnon I think is the most electric guy in the league and this year is is like his MVP year he's at his best he's been like bridesmaid never a bride always kind of like second third fourth in heart voting this year Nathan McKinnon is like the best player in the league and just electric to watch
2: so the thing that gave me hope was those Bruin games were good the Bruins skated with them like I didn't realize the Bruins could do that i like my watch those games against the Avalanche I didn't feel like they got skated off the ice they were kind of there with them.
0: What would you do with the Bruins goalies?
2: Trade fucking Almark. Like, Jesus. I mean, that's it. That's the one move I would make. I would trade one of those goalies. I would for trade. what? For a defenseman. For a, and I'm not, I'm not getting delusions of grandeur. I'm, uh, a, You're losing the trade. A sprite, yes. You're absolutely losing yep, the trade. Yep, I'm losing the trade for a second pair defenseman. defensemen. Second, even third pair. A good fifth defenseman, big, sturdy guy. I would do it. What happens if one of the goalies, if, if Swayman goes down? Okay, well, then you're like, if, then you're that's called hockey. Your starting goalie gets hurt. You put in Aiden Hill. Like, that's what you do. Okay? So it's like, now you're like everybody else. It, uh, like this thing, we've got to have the two goalies. No, no. Two goalies is a luxury that most teams don't get.
0: Do you not? So I, I, I know that you're outspoken against them rotating the goalies in the postseason, which.
2: No, should. no, no. Now I, I, it's so stupid, I now demand that they do it
0: because you want to, you're doing the Adam Jones thing you're rooting for them to do the thing so you can be proven right
2: pretty much but whatever no let's see it fuck it let's see it I want you up 2-0 in a playoff series with, with Swayman standing on his head and let's go to fucking Allmark in game three up 2-0 I can't wait let's so, go let's do it let's do that thing because Swayman's getting overworked let's sit a hot goalie in the postseason good great idea I can't I'm not, I'm not joking
0: but you don't you don't trust well let's
2: do this you I want to see it
0: you don't trust the coach to have the right feel for it because he can say it's impossible we're up to nothing so that you're talking about
2: who has the right feel for it everyone has a different feel this feels this way well it feels this way to me how does that feel to you i don't know i have a different feel for it this is what what did uh, ty anderson say it's like vibes the vibe yeah yeah that's great yeah no no i can't i can't wait till they have the bruins go on vibes you know, the only vibe they get is the fucking, the, the sense are going to shit themselves. Like, that's the Bruins vibe in the postseason. Now they're going to navigate that goalie thing? I want to see it.
3: Play play the guy until it's obvious, and then play the other guy. Obvious.
2: What's obvious? Uh, it has uh, a bad game. What's uh, obvious? How? So what is that un- Unfortunately, that?
0: we're an Olmark podcast. Love the guy. After the turnover in game five.
2: Yes. So obvious.
3: That was obvious? So obvious.
2: Yeah, they were up 3-1. Let, let's sit the Vesna goalie up 3-1 in the playoffs. Great idea. Let's trade the Vezna goalie yeah. the next yeah. year. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> You're the,
0: you, you famously said you would fire Claude Julian off the duck boats. <laughs>
2: yes. So I do and appreciate. I, I, I think I've been proven right.
0: You would trade you would trade, uh, Olmark or Swayman off the podium. I, because I, Swayman it, could win it this
2: year. So I I, I I say trade one of them, but I really mean Olmark because I – You've heard me say this too. Allmark feels rasky to me. There's <laughs> a little rasky-ish vibe. Well, what vibe do I get with the Bruins goalie when Allmark's uh, in there? Tuca. I get a Tuca vibe. What does that mean? The yeah, goat man. He's that gonna guy's shit awesome. himself. He's gonna get to the end, and he's either literally, which has happened, or figuratively shit himself and not be there at the end. Either by by tapping out, which he's done, or by figuratively on the ice tapping out. Okay? so
0: we. Uh when we started the show, I was explaining it to Murray, and it was essentially like, it's the type of thing that Felger will hate, but hopefully other people will like. Our first, second, third episode, something we had Olmark and Swayman together, you would have had a fucking nightmare with that conversation, <laughs> including Olmark saying, I don't get the hate that Tuca got. I, I played him a bunch of times. Of never course, beat him.
2: Let me tell you why. And it's a, a, I'm going to sound like an ugly American, but some of those European guys, they don't get the Stanley Cup. It's not... Like, it's not, they're not hardwired. They, they grew up.
0: Chara famously got the thing, and he was like, what, should I lift it? I don't care about this thing. Well,
2: you know, I think he cared, but. I'm
0: kidding. He was, like,
2: okay, insane about it. No, no, Chara, but, okay, but I'm not saying every European yeah. falls into this. But I think that some, they grow up. What's your dream growing up in Sweden or Finland or Russia? It's Olympic gold. It's a world championship. It's winning the Swedish elite league or whatever it is. You don't dream of the Stanley Cup. You dream of maybe playing in North America at the highest level, and you know making good money and being you know one of the elite players in the world. But it's not like that, you know. Like it's all like if you're a fucking kid that grows up in Saskatchewan, like it's the Stanley. C- you know what I mean? And uh, some of the Americans too. And I think that that sometimes that comes in, and, and maybe Tuca, What a good guy he feels like to me and I'm not I hate you know I'd say I hate it I don't hate it I I, I dump on him constantly as a person he seems like a great well adjusted person Mm. which I don't think you want
0: in a goalie you don't want that I think you
2: want someone who's fucking nuts Tim Thomas was nuts (laughs) you know and and I don't think he was the best team guy or or anything but confirmed you know he's not wired right I Uh, mean we just talked to
3: Aiden Hill and Aiden Hill is seems like all intents and purposes great guy well adjusted just won the Stanley Cup Mm. It was and he's elevating himself probably like in the discussion for best Canadian or, goalies
2: so look at
3: I don't think there's like a box that you fit
0: in for personality wise to be
3: a and great I, goalie I, I, yeah the, I well
2: to be a winner there is there is a winner box oh I, I don't they, think so I, I think I you're do.
0: doing the thing that we as sports fans do and Swifties do this too of like hey I don't understand the whole thing so what can I understand I can understand the concept of trying hard so if this does well it's because they tried hard and they wanted it because that's how we describe our own, or that's how we evaluate our own success. Some guys can just be fucking better and they won, maybe because they didn't have like a, I'm going crazy for this, I gotta do it. They just make the better play. So, and that's hard for us to wrap our heads around because we wanna say that they tried harder. So Henrik Lundquist seems like a
3: guy that fits into your box, like a guy that doesn't have it, can't win, obviously didn't win a Stanley Cup. Do you blame Henrik Lundquist for not having a Stanley Cup?
2: Clearly not, because they were never the best team. You know, I, I don't know what cup they should have won. That, I mean, that Kings, so they lost to the Kings in the final?
0: Yeah. But he
3: that dragged was, them yeah, to no, that no, point. I, I, he I played know. behind some
0: fucking atrocious defenses. And past that, that Washington team we talked about that was a fucking wagon. Yeah. So,
2: I mean, I don't blame him for not getting past the Crosby Penguins or some of those teams. Should they have won the final against the Kings, maybe? You know, that Kings team wasn't an all-time team. Then did uh, Jonathan Quick outplay him? You know, I'm go- I have to go back. So like, I, I don't know about uh, Lundquist, great goalie. i take him on my team any day of the week. But I think the Rangers hung on to him for too long. It's I like,
3: mean, I, I would agree with that.
2: You know like, So I, I think what's being proven is in this day and age, you don't need that goalie. I mean, if Aiden Hill's going to win, who is the guy with the, was it Grubauer who won with the Avalanche? Yeah. He yeah. kind of stinks, right? He's not a great goalie. Bennington's no star. It's like you need good goaltending. But I was—it was
3: it was, uh, it was Darcy Kemper who won with the Avalanche. Was it Darcy oh, yeah, Kemper? Yeah, okay. It was Darcy Kemper, the year before. And he was—he was bad. And like he's Darcy not, Kemper he's was good. He, Darcy Kemper was bad in that run. But that was that that was, was, that was an exception. That was the first time that like a team has won the Stanley Cup I don't, in, re- you know, in recent memory. the First time a team has won the Stanley Cup, despite their goaltending. Jordan Bennington.
2: It was not good. He wasn't good.
3: He, he wasn't good. He was fine in that playoffs. He wasn't he good. He was. He was very good in that play in during some, that playoff In a couple and of games, that was and all, all those guys that decor. were men.
2: It was all that decor. It wasn't him. I'd rather have a big beefy decor. I'd rather have a big beefy D than I would. Jesus Christ. Than I would have <laughs> gone. And you, you want you want, like that? I gave you a little yeah, bit of a grab.
0: A little ass grab there. ass. This is sacrilegious around our parts. I think you actually might agree. 2011 Bruins, a lot more Chara. Of course, is oh, factored oh, in there. Oh, then
2: Thomas. Uh, well, but uh,
0: not necessarily more char than listen, Thomas. But I'm saying like m- more char than he gets credit for. But
2: that decor, okay. He and Seidenberg, beasts. Yes, Ference Ferenc, played yeah. tough. He was a tough, you know, physical guy that year. Uh, McQuaid was was either who was the fourth? No, uh, boy well, it was Boychuk. Boychuk, boy big, yeah. beefy, strong. Like that was. I, I think they won that on their decor.
3: Vegas too last year. I mean, mm. like big, big defensive group, so and they br- just kick your ass. I'd
2: rather have that than the, the goalie, and I think it's, you've seen it, the, it they're kind of jaggy goalies that are <laughs> winning. I mean, I watched, Aiden Hill the other night was awesome. Like, he was yep. great in that third period. But he's, you know, just a guy. You think he's, he's Matt Murray? Yes, exactly. The Penguins, like, they did it too. Like, that thing. So, what, So, so I, some, a lot of teams have won recently without one guy. But And if, you're sitting there with two?
0: I, I, if goaltending is your strength, though, I don't. If goaltending
2: is your strength, you're going to have a good regular season.
0: Possibly, you're going to make. That that was my favorite take of yours when they signed Olmark because I also didn't understand why they did it. And you
2: said it raises their floor.
0: It well, it keeps Don Sweeney's job because the owners are never going to look at how are the Bruins doing as long as they're getting three to five playoff games. That's
2: the biggest problem with the Bruins organization is this overemphasis on the regular season. They've had it my entire life. (laughs) You know, they hang the Adams Division banners and. Uh, remember the big win streak, you go back to the 80s with Pete Peters way before your day, this big long win streak, like they get so horned up for the regular season, because I think the owners don't really care about winning cups. You know, that they'd like to, but they don't really care. What they care about is season ticket base, home playoff dates, because that's all gravy, you don't pay players in the postseason, we all know this. So every home playoff date is like two, three million bucks of gravy off the top, you know, so the I mean, just look at the history of the Bruins' general managers. Mm. No one gets fired until they start missing the playoffs. Right. Harry didn't get it until he started missing the playoffs. O'Connell got it when he missed the playoffs. Shirelli missed the playoffs two straight years gone. Sweeney hasn't missed a, When Sweeney starts missing the playoffs, that's when he's gone he knows it. So they, the two-goalie thing guarantees you're going to win regular season games and make the playoffs. And who, do they care too much about that?
0: Who do you like for the, uh, the Patriots at, at three?
2: Uh, I, I like one of these trade down things. Uh, I, as long Fuck as, yeah. as long as I'm getting like one of these stupid trades, the the Trey Lance trade a couple of years ago. Mm. Miami was sitting there at three. San Fran moved up from twelve. Miami got three firsts and a second. I want to say three firsts and a second and a third, something like that. Mm. But three firsts and then another high second or third round pick. And I'm like, Phew. and with that, they used one of those firsts to draft uh, Waddle. They used another first to trade for Tyree Kill. And then they used another first for Bradley Chubb, who's a defensive player. It's like they kind of built their team on that trade. And I sort of like that. I, the, these kid quarterbacks scare the shit out of me.
0: Yeah, I think that uh, make yourself a quarterback away. I think that everybody thinks, like, th- yeah. they're never going to pick this high again. you got to take a qu- Why the fuck aren't they going to pick this high? They
2: suck. Well, and I, I don't want to pick this high again. But
0: right, but, like, you might be 11th overall okay. next year, and then you can move up if you, there's a guy that you like there. Kansas City. Yeah.
2: They were in the playoffs with Alex Smith, and I think they had something like the 24th pick. good team, but quarterback away. Alex Smith, not good enough. So they went from 24 to, I think it was 11, Mm -hmm. and drafted Mahomes. So do something smart, you know? Do something tactical and smart when you know it and really feel it and then are ready for that guy. And they still sat him. They had a quarterback. They were sitting at 24. They traded up and got him and sat him. Like, wow. Like, that's what, of course, you'd want Patrick Mahomes, but I think their whole approach is what I was into. All
0: right. Had to end the conversation on something other than hockey. We'd gotten uh, way too focused there. But uh, we did talk to Bruce Cassidy the other day about Bill Belichick. That was a fun little... Uh, what do you have to say? That uh, he said they'd keep in touch, which surprised me. But that Belichick was always kind of more of like less a fan of the game and more a fan of coaching, which I thought was yeah. interesting. Like less like enamored with, boy, like how does pa- Pasternak do that? And more like, how do you do that with this guy? Which is interesting and... I don't know if belichick would have been doing that his whole career but who knows I, th- I found it i found it funny that he was
3: like there was no niceties when they were like introduced it was immediately into like
2: i'm into it
0: uh, yeah like how how do you how I do like you do it. your job i like it yeah <laughs> and yes. you were you had to have been a cassidy guy
2: no grab it love it oh did he shove it up your ass <laughs> i i mean the bruins <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> who <laughs> are think, you going to replace claude with yeah. Yeah, no it's, it's like it not just that <laughs> but it's like no let's fire the guy and have him go win the stanley cup while you get fucking gagged in the first round. That, that's a good Bruins move right there. That story doesn't get talked about enough.
3: And I'm sure you loved the narrative that, like, he was pushed out of town because he was mean to the guys. Why is that a narrative? I mean, that just was the discussion around it.
2: Isn't it the fact?
3: It mean, could be. We don't know. It's. It seems like there was a reason okay, behind so why he like, was pushed I, out.
2: I, I hate when someone doesn't like the, the opinion or the thing. It's a narrative versus what happened.
0: Oh, I saw a thing the other day that uh, – you made up that Bel. you talked everybody into thinking that Belichick was uh, bad in recent years. So that was you. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah that, that was definitely me. How, yeah, it, how, how'd it, you spin it, that one? Not, well, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I made the mistake of looking at the scoreboard and watching the games.
0: Yeah, see, that, that's the grab assy stuff that we don't uh, like to do. <laughs> yeah. We were, we, were, we were more feels.
2: How, how long? That was like 20, 30 minutes just now?
0: Yeah. We probably got like maybe two good bits of like real sports information. Yeah, That's that, that's what we're trying to give our audience. Okay. You know who you'd like? We sat down with him uh, from the Columbus Blue Jackets. Kirill Marchenko scores a goal. Doesn't like music. Don't. That th- no, doesn't need no all time the pomp and circumstance.
2: It. Meaning, don't play a goal song. We yeah, don't you don't.
0: Score? Yeah, yeah. Just uh, we asked him what, what, what kind of music do you do? I don't do music. Good for him. Do you read? No.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he, he should read. It's, he should do a little reading. He goes no. to the zoo like every other <laughs> week.
0: <laughs> he goes to the zoo and he plays hockey. That if you had a team full of Kirill Marchenkos. You, that'd be your favorite team in the world. Yeah, I sort of like that. Interviews by, hey, did you, did you see this movie last? Probably, no. No. Nope. was No, I was yeah. hanging out with the Red Panda. Little, with yeah. the family, so, went to so the zoo, I, played
2: So your hockey. show has no, like, commercial breaks or no... This is another thing about the fucking internet podcast. Mm. You just talk and, talk and talk I could have done a read. I believe we had an ad read, read that we blew just, through. Yeah, I'll no, do a read
0: once you leave. There's no, like... No clock. And Gene, we, we need to get you with Gene. Gene Principe. I'm going to send you some of his clips. Or just watch it. I know that you're a big fan of ESPN Plus and all these streaming services. Just watch an Oilers broadcast on Sportsnet on ESPN Plus, And even Gene was saying to us, like, it's cool that you guys get to do all like this grab-ass without a clock. He was saying, like, the clock is, That's it the keeps thing, you I humble and everything. And, the and the I was like, oh, Felger
2: it, loves the clock. I, I The clock gives you pace. You got to get in. You got to get out. You got to... There's no time for dicking around. Yeah. It is a seven-minute segment. Do the thing. Go to commercial. Come back. Do it again. And there's a pace. There's a tempo to it. These podcasts. It's like let's just let's just <laughs> sit around and fucking yeah. grab ass for yeah. thirty minutes. And there's no. It would say take your time. No urgency. Just what chit chat. You, know you, know you know what our producer does.
0: You know what our producer does. He looks over at us, says, "You got anything I could do? What do you guys He's need?" They're in, in the conversation. No, 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 no. Chimes play. in in the conversation. He's playing Wordle over there. It's like these guys are just the last thought. The last thought any of us will ever have is, "What do we have to get?" Well, go, this is coming up or whatever. Like we have the things we know we're going to get to it. It happens in due time. Oh my god! We got a producer absolutely cooking over there, preparing all the elements that we need to throw up. And it's not watching a on. Put it on. Put it on.
3: Put
2: it on, yeah. Put it on baby. <laughs> Yes, we got him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> go fuck yourself.
0: Okay.
2: I'm out. <laughs> all right. I'm out. That's it. Love you, man. You're
0: okay. the best. Thanks. Thanks. Okay. Thanks so much. Appreciate, Appreciate it, you. We'll see you. Oh, all right, that's Mike Felger, and uh, this episode, by the way, look, I'll just do it blind. It's brought to you by Game Time because we are always on the road. We are hitting all these arenas, and sometimes it can be tough. To find those tickets, there's going to be hidden fees, all this mumbo-jumbo. We go to Game Time with its easy app layout and its easy website. Select precisely as many tickets as we want, and then we are off. And we're at the game. We're taking pics. sometimes even doing those yelly videos you see on social media of, I'm at this thing. Thanks to Game Time for hooking it up. And we go from there. So if you want to get on game time, let's see. Uh, yes, we did that. Okay. Uh, so if you want to go get on game time, it is easy. You download the app, create an account, and use code CHAOS for $20 off your first pi- purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code C-H-A-O-S for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Create an account, redeem code CHAOS, $20 off. Download the app today. Game time, last minute tickets, lowest price. Guaranteed. Hey, oh, that went good, well.
3: Yeah, good job. Also, good job on that read. Thank you. Really? Yeah. Like you were d- Winging it, and that was
0: impressive. Good for you. I don't think people can ever tell when we're winging it.
3: No, I think that we not.
0: sound by the book. I, Sean, I didn't mean to make it sound like I was. Felger took it as I was saying you don't do anything back there. What I was saying is we don't have our producer watch clocks for us. We have our producer be one of the fucking boys. That's right. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> and I that's probably it. I didn't his, think it any kind of way. Okay, that's probably his nightmare of a producer. I want to get your thoughts. What do you think
3: of Mike Felger? Because uh, you're not a Boston guy. So I assume that you don't have Felger exposure. I mean, that
1: just seems like exactly what I think Boston Sports Radio would have been like. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Good or bad? Assumptions to be made? What? what is uh, just that's Boston Sports Radio. There's, there's, You take the goods and the bads with it, I guess. If uh, they lose, they're losers, that kind of yeah. thing? Yeah. Just uh, no, I, the, the, I respect the commitment to the bit. There's the, the, the no, no time for grab-ass around these parts. But that's the thing.
0: It's not a bit...
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. It's fair the, yeah, like, this is it, us.
0: It's the it's the life for him. Oh yeah. The, oh yeah. Right. I
3: respect his passion about about his thing. Yeah. But like the the, the 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 there's no room for anything else. Is what gets me. It's hilarious. I love
0: it so much, especially when he has two co-hosts. One of them is a little grabassy. The other one is like would be perfectly fine. Could do any show. Right. It, it, it doesn't need to be sports. It could be music. It could be whatever. We
3: have like what five minutes. Something like that. Uh, uh, I just wa- I wanted to talk about the Coyotes, coyotes because yeah. the uh, the Coyotes there's a decision is expected to be announced soon about the future of the Coyotes one way or another. I know that we we referenced that either yesterday or the day before, but it does sound like there's new details coming out. Uh, Elliot Friedman wrote in Thirty Two Thoughts that uh, the NHL seems to be sick of uh, the Coyotes ownership yes. group. Yeah, like very sick of the Coyotes ownership group and really wants something to change there. Uh, this is what Friedman wrote, he said, I think that we are coming to the to the end of the line with this ownership group. I believe there isn't something hard and fast in place in the very near future. They will begin the process of selling the team or the NHL taking over the team and selling it to somebody else. I believe that we will get there. Uh, I believe one of the reasons you hear the commissioner say nothing negative about them is he knows this could end up a bi- in a big legal fight and he doesn't want to say or do anything that will end up being used against him. Uh, the Coyotes did apply to put in a, ba- a bid on land in North Phoenix, but that auction is not going to happen until this summer, or like in a few yeah. months, and there is no guarantee that they are going to win that bid, and if they lose that bid, we're right back to square one, we have no fucking clue what they're going to do with an arena. It really does seem like these. this might be the Coyotes' last stand. I mean, it's definitely the ownership group's last stand, but the future of the Coyotes in Arizona, absolutely very much up in the air.
0: I am rooting so heavily for this to work out for the Coyotes and their fans. I want the Coyotes to exist. I want them to be in Arizona. I didn't know uh, the passion of their fan base until we linked up with All City. Maybe that's an us problem, but I think it's also a national problem in that whenever they get slighted, they're like, well, what the fuck? Because they get shit on every which way. Sean, how do you feel about this?
1: Uh, I mean, yeah. I. Hockey definitely belongs in the desert. Like, as an American hockey fan, your best hockey player does not exist without the Arizona Coyotes. He's been on record saying that. He grew up in Arizona. Austin Matthews does not exist without the Arizona Coyotes. Like it, And you see with the, the Vegas Golden Knights where if you do it right, there's a, there's a fan base there. Uh, they just need somebody to do it right. And it's been, like, a, a very long stretch of people not doing it right, which is not fair. It's unfortunate to the Arizona Coyotes fans, but... They definitely deserve a hockey team. I think hockey can survive there. I just am not confident that this is the ownership group that can do it. I mean, I think that you've you've been through too many owners. Like you know,
3: I think that the fans deserve it. I think the market deserves it. I don't think that uh, I don't think that this current group or anybody that is is tied to the Arizona Coyotes right now. Deserves the Arizona Coyotes. And that's my thing. I I obviously want it to work. I want the Coyotes to stay in Arizona. I I think that, like, from a branding perspective, I think from, you know, a market perspective, I want the Coyotes to be in the NHL. But I... It's bad for the league to have a, a consistent punching bag. And the Coyotes are the punching bag of the NHL. They have been for quite some time. And I think that we've gotten to the point where you either have to shit or get off the pot. And I think that unless you have a hard and clear plan in front of you, if you're Gary Bettman, it's, enough is enough. Take the team away, put it somewhere else, and say, come back in a few years, come back in a handful of years, give me a plan, and then maybe we talk about it again. But I, I think that we're at a point where you have to unplug I, and and
1: reset. I don't think there is any putting it anywhere else. Uh, a, Gary Bettman, a lot of Gary Bettman's legacy I think is tied to Arizo- to hockey working in Arizona, so I think he'll do everything he can to prevent that team from moving. And B, uh, the point I've made and other people have made a bunch is that they do not like the NHL doesn't make money by relocating a team. They make money expansion. by off expansion Adding, fees yeah. but, in Utah, in Atlanta, wherever they want to put those teams. But
3: expansion is on the table. Like Arizona I, I don't know if it does you that can work? move and you,
0: then expand to
1: Arizona. You,
3: yes, that happened in it, the NFL. Yeah, yeah. Like the, the Arizona could be the expansion team. I know it doesn't have necessarily the same pop as like a a new city, but I mean the NHL is so horny for Salt Lake City, and it seems like that is a very clear and obvious solution here. And but if you have an owner
1: willing to pay expansion fees, which appears to be the case in Utah, why would you? Move a team there and, and cost yourself that money
3: because I think the expectation is that uh, if you find an owner who and it would be the whatever I forget his name yeah but the owner of the mat uh, oh oh the the, owner, uh, the sons the son Matt Ishbia yeah, yeah that's been a like name that's been he, a lot. he it seems like he would want the team but under his own terms and uh, and he's kind of he's in a position of strength right now. Where you know he can wait it out and get the team for a better deal. Like he's not going to overextend himself to buy the coy- Coyotes yeah. to kind of
1: bail out the the current ownership group. Yeah, I just think that, I think the fact that the NHL taking over the team, the fact that that is on the table is a pretty clear indicator that they have no interest in moving the team. Because right. if that was if they were going to move the team, the NHL would just have nothing to do with it. They just sell them to somebody who could put them in Utah. The NHL. And by the NHL, I mean Gary Bettman is very clearly invested in hockey working in Arizona, and I just don't see a way in which Gary Bettman as a commissioner gives up on that dream.
3: Uh, one final note on this I do want to point out. The Coyotes' fucking social team, I know. and I, I use the team, the, the term team in quotes here, they are posting through it, and they are posting like a— a teenage girl. It is extremely embarrassing. Just add to the list of the embarrassing things attached to the Coyotes right now. Uh, it has been said that uh, it is the owner's son, Alex Marullo.
1: Alex Marullo Jr. is the owner's son. Yes. Yeah. His son is running the social team and Calling posting like fake a,
3: news and posting like an absolute moron. So uh, it is embarrassing. Please take the phone away. Give it back to the admin, yeah. Please
0: take, don't take the team away. Take the phone away first. You don't <laughs> yeah. don't start don't start with taking the team away. I don't know yeah. this person at all. Take the phone first.
3: I don't know this person at all, but it screams. Uh, have you played Grand Theft Auto? Uh, what Was the last one five? Yeah, Grand Theft Auto Five. Uh, mm-hmm. The the rich guy's son, oh, who yeah. is just an absolute yeah. asshole and. Uh, Cannot be controlled.
1: Yeah, I mean, screams the, 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 the that sort of the situation. The saddest part is that, like, I've worked with that organization relatively closely, and there's just like a lot of very good people in it, and they get put in very difficult situations. And it's similar to the fans; it's just unfair to a lot of people that have been involved in the organization. And I hope that can be fixed without them either having to lose their team slash jobs or having to completely uproot their, their lives.
3: Can you imagine being the Coyote social person? and logging onto the internet and
0: seeing the shit that is being posted by the owner's son. Knowing that somebody's going to be like, is that Chris that's still there? Is that, that That's our Chris that's posting that stuff? Oh, man. Like, because people are going to assume that's right. fucking you.
1: <laughs> right. I thought you were doing a, a Jack Harlow thing. Like, Chris? Our Chris? Our Chris?
0: Chris.
1: <laughs> I mean, was a lot worse mind. than the other. Uh, but that is funny.
0: Dude, is that what he, is that who he says? Uh, no, he says oh, that I know. Oh, he's Marcus. Mark, yeah, Marcus, something like that. Yeah, because he says that uh, he did something bad at uh, a Target. Uh, anyway, uh, we're wrapping the week in Mandalay Bay on Radio Row, and uh, not only wrapping this week, but wrapping a uh, pretty lengthy content trip of what over a, a calendar week, something like that. This is, calendar
3: this is a calendar week Thursday
1: today. To Thursday.
0: Yep. Yeah. Toronto for All Star stuff. Thanks to Rasmus Dalene, all the violent gentlemen folks, and uh, everybody. Litz. Lids, uh, Frank Vetrano, Sam, everyone who helped us out, and then everybody all this week. Prize picks. All City prize picks. All the people that we fucked with on (laughs) opening night, Shanahan, uh, Golden Knights, all that. Uh, We still have so much more content coming from this, though, so stay on all the social medias. Subscribe on YouTube. People have been noting of late that the YouTube is so strong. We've been trying to fucking tell you that, so get on there. Subscribe. There's a lot of good stuff there. We'll have the Gene Prince pay interview. We'll have the full Mike Felger interview, for better or worse. Sean's going to be cutting some stuff. We have uh, two more Pro Shop Wars that we have to do. We did four Pro Shop Wars on this trip. We are broke as fuck, but Sean looks amazing right now in uh, his hoodie that he got. So thanks, everybody. Stay on all the socials and what, and we will talk to you on Monday. Bye.